Hello and welcome to the Black Millennial Revolution. My name is Kiana Michelle, also known as Key, and you are tuned in to another episode here at the Black Millennial Revolution. So community, what is going on? What is going on? I'm very happy to be back here with you all for another episode. Very, very happy because today is a special, special day. Today is the one year anniversary for the Black Millennial Revolution podcast. And community, I cannot believe that it has already been a year. I can't believe it. Um, You all, I am so grateful for this platform. And I appreciate everyone that is a part of this community. Everyone that's a listener. Everyone that has shared this podcast. Anyone that reached out to me just to say hi and to connect. Anyone that has reached out to me when there was times in the beginning of this podcast when I wasn't as consistent and I wasn't even as sure if I was going to continue on with it. It was members in this community that reached out to me and urged me to continue on with this podcast. And I tell you all, I would be nothing without you all. And this podcast would be nothing without you all. And you all have to really understand that because it's, and I'm going to talk about I know I talk about the fact that people reached out to me, right? I've I've talked about this before on a podcast episode, but I bring that up because that's the reason why I continued on with it. That was, that was the inspiration and the spark that I needed at that time frame. It was almost as if, and I'm a believer of God, God sent members of this community to me to relay that message to me. And I'm very, very grateful for that, you all. I don't, I don't take things like that for granted at all. I'm someone that walks through, through my life with gratitude. Because I understand that life surely has its ups and its downs. But gratitude is one thing that keeps me going. So I am truly grateful for this community. For the old members, for the new members, and for the members that are just now listening today, I am very, very, very grateful for each and every one of you all. It has been amazing to be able to share my insight with this community. It really has been amazing. And I'm actually going to be making a second podcast episode, just letting you all know about my experience here, letting you all know about more of my my appreciation for you all. And also letting you all know about the next steps with this podcast, because I think it's really important to keep you all in the loop and to keep you all knowing what is going to happen in 2021. So stay tuned for that second podcast episode, which is literally going to be released right after this one. I stated that on a podcast episode that I did this past Sunday and I deleted it because I just didn't like it. So I said, you know what? I'm just going to put the podcast episodes out on Tuesday, like I stated in that podcast episode on Sunday. But in that podcast episode on Sunday, I stated that I would be putting out two podcast episodes on September 15th. And that one of the episodes, I already stated what the Psychological Warfare series topic was going to be. And that the second episode was going to be me talking to you all about Black Millennial Revolution, the next steps, and just sharing my appreciation. So if you all came this past Sunday, the 13th, and you saw that there was no episode up, 
I apologize about that. I had created an episode, but I deleted it. Sometimes y'all perfectionism can get the best of us. Um, but I just didn't like it. I said to myself, nope, this isn't it. It's, it was a very short episode. And I said, you know what? I don't like it. I will just come on September the 15th and provide this community with the content that I told them that I would provide them with, even though I deleted that episode. <laughs> but community, I'm so, so grateful to be here. And I really hope that you all are having a great start to your week. Um, we are really getting into the thick of September. So I really hope that you all are getting to those goals and that you all are also still staying for what your 2020 goals. I know that 2020 has definitely been an interesting year to say the least, right? And I know it has also been a year that has had a lot of people losing faith, faith in their journey and faith in themselves and community. Don't lose faith in yourself. Don't lose faith in your journey. Any of those 2020 goals that you had that you wrote down, look back at them. Look at those goals. Examine those goals and start to push forward with those goals. Don't think, ah, oh, man, it's September. I didn't even do this. Nope, it doesn't matter. If you're listening to this podcast right now and you're awake right now and you're alive right now, you have a lot to be grateful for. You have a lot to be grateful for. So don't give up on yourself at all. Don't give up on yourself at all. Take time to reflect on 2020 thus far and think about what is the lesson for you. Because this year is trying to teach each and every one of us something. So what is the lesson that 2020 is trying to teach you? Take time to reflect. Take time to practice self-care but also take time to chase those dreams and to chase those goals. Believe in yourself, community. Believe in yourself. I know times can get tough, but always, no matter what, believe in yourself. Believe in yourself, all right? So community, we are still diving in with our Psychological Warfare series. I know that this series is a long one, but it has to be community. It has to be because as I stated before, psychological warfare is one of the biggest detriments to the black community. It is truly a silent killer. It truly is. And a lot of people do not even know that it exists. A lot of people in our community don't know about psychological warfare. Many people in our community focus on systematic oppression and racism. But a lot of people fail to realize how badly psychological warfare harms the mindsets of members in the black community. So today in our psychological warfare series, the topic that we are going to be discussing and diving into is... Black customers versus Black-owned businesses. I stated it was Black customers versus Black-owned businesses. Community, when I said we are diving in, we are diving in. 
So this episode was inspired by the countless, I'm talking about the countless Facebook posts I have seen people write during the pandemic. To me, y'all, it's very, very, very interesting how some people will act like they're in full support of Black-owned businesses, but at the same time, they will quickly bash them any chance they get. You know, I found it really interesting how during late May and early June, so around the George Floyd situation, a lot of people were talking about, oh, this is the start of the next revolution. The next revolution is starting. Revolution, revolution. Now, there was a lot of talk about the next revolution. But in the same breath, as we are seeing people talk about the next revolution, we are also seeing a lot of people belittle Black-owned businesses at the same time. <laughs> so I'm really, really confused. I'm really confused. And my thing is, I get that some people have experienced negative customer service at Black-owned businesses. I get that. But why are we so quick to bash Black-owned businesses than we are to bash white-owned or other countless, countless other races and ethnicities that make it very clear that they don't want Black people shopping there and they don't want Black people at the establishments at all? You know, people are really quick to bash Black-owned businesses for their lack of professionalism and their poor customer service. But what about Starbucks? What about Gucci? What about H&M? Many of us still shop at these establishments, y'all. And I have literally had people tell me, well, you know, what Starbucks did is messed up key, but I love their lattes, so I'll still be going in. What? Make it make sense. Make it make sense. I honestly believe in holding people accountable, especially for their lack of professionalism. I do. But I'm also all about keeping that same energy. If there's one modern day saying I like the most, it's that because it's real. Keep the same energy. If you're going to come online and bash black owned businesses, then I need to see people bashing other, other businesses of other races and ethnicities who make it very clear that they don't like black people to shop there. They make it very clear, y'all. If that's the case, you know, we need to be seeing people complaining every single day then. Because I know people in our community are going through these type of issues every day. And I'm not saying you specifically as a listener that you're going through microaggressions or passive racism or discrimination at these establishments every day. But I can guarantee you that one of our members in this black community in America or in this world, they're going through microaggressions passive racism or discrimination at one of these white-owned establishments that are racist or other races and ethnicities that are racist every day. There's a black person that's experiencing this every day. They're going to experience this. And, you know, to me, it's like, instead of coming online and bashing black-owned businesses, why can't people do the professional thing since they are the professional police, quote unquote, and speak to the manager or contact the owner. I literally had someone that I follow and I, and I took a screenshot of this status because I wanted to read it word for word. So let me just go retrieve that for you all. Here it goes. So this person wrote, 
I support black owned, but y'all need to take a customer service class. Eye roll emoji. And so this status got 123 likes. Some of the likes are hearts. Some of the likes are laugh emojis. And some of the likes are just likes. And 73 shares. So now, my thing is, why come on FB and state that? Why does FB need to know this? If you really want to help, you know, Black-owned businesses get better when it comes to customer service, why didn't you ask to speak to the manager or the owner of the establishment? Why are you immediately coming to social media to let us know, oh, I support Black-owned, but, you know, y'all need to work on your customer service. Why do that? Anytime I see people talking about this online, anytime, it doesn't come across as if the person is giving valuable constructive criticism. It comes across as bashing or belittling. It doesn't come across as, as if the person is, has any sort of care or compassion at all. To me, writing that status, it comes across as if, oh, you know, someone knows that this is a status that's going to get a lot of likes or shares, right? People know that. People know certain things that they put on social media, it's going to get a lot of attention. And I oftentimes think people write these type of statuses or tweets to get that social media validation, to get that attention because they've seen other members in the community, in the black community state, oh, you know, black owned businesses can be more professional or black owned businesses, this and that. And they've seen the amount of support that those posts have gotten. So other people feel, well, I want some social media attention too. Let me go write the same. And the thing is in business, everyone isn't taught how to provide customer service. Yes, customer service is essential essential when it comes to building a business. But some people only know how to start a business from the ground up. They don't know how to provide customer service. And it isn't just black people. There are tons of other races that are just like this as well. And the craziest thing to me is in my professional settings and in my experiences working at professional settings, I have worked in many white owned establishments that have been so unprofessional. I'm talking so unprofessional, you all, that it has pushed me to be an entrepreneur. So unprofessional. It's to the point I'd rather struggle and ride an entrepreneur wave and ride this journey than deal with unprofessional white people at a job doing sick shit. I I can't take it. I I literally can't take it. And I know that a lot of black millennials and black professionals can relate to working with white people that are racist and white people that are unprofessional and white people that discriminate against them. So my thing is, why aren't we talking more about that? Why aren't we discussing that topic more? Why aren't we? Everyone ain't working at a black owned business. Let's be honest, everyone isn't. Yes, some of us probably have our own businesses, but many black millennials are still working for white people. And many of them are probably racist as fuck. Let's be real. So why aren't people discussing this more? Why aren't people discussing this more? I made a whole podcast episode on this topic. So once again, why isn't this being discussed more? It's almost as if people hate working for the white man, but then will come online and bash black owned businesses at the same time. What? And what's also crazy to me as well is 
Some of the same people that come online to bash Black-owned businesses are probably some of the same people that walk into these establishments being very, very entitled. So for example, y'all, I used to work at a Black-owned business last year, and it's a local Black conscious store, or Black root store, we can call it. It sells Afrocentric attire, Black history attire, Caribbean flags, African flags, accessories and jewelry, oils and incense and soaps, and honestly more. There was a lot of merchandise in that store. And because of that, it brought a lot of Black people from all around the Black diaspora. And that's what I loved the most about working at that shop was the people. I loved the people. And when I left that position, it was really, really, really hard for me, y'all. Because of the people. A lot of them told me I ruined their summer or how, I, or how the vibe just wasn't the same in the shop. And I felt really, really bad. But I had to step out to really focus on my business. I had to. And it just was really, 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 really hard um, to leave that community. I, I really felt really bad, you know. Um, but while working there, I would witness that some black people that would come into the establishment would be very, very entitled. And I would observe their sense of entitlement as they entered the store and as they spoke to other people. I would observe it. And the most recent and most ridiculous incident that I witnessed was actually this past summer, y'all, in 2020. Now, I was no longer working there, but I went into the store to purchase something. And I walked in behind this black man. And when you walk into the establishment, they have hand sanitizer, uh, like a hand sanitizer um, on the side of the wall. They created it there. So when people come in, they put hand sanitizer on their hands before entering the store. You have to do that before you enter the store, which I think is a great idea, you know? So the man walks in and he walked in before me. And so I, I already know what to do because I've been, you know, coming in there and shopping and stuff. So I came in and put the hand sanitizer on my hands and I'm just, you know, putting on my hands, minding my business. And so in the midst of that, they're asking him, sir, can you please put the hand sanitizer on your hands? Um, we need you to put the hand sanitizer on your hands before you enter the store. Very professional, very kind. It wasn't stated in a rude way at all. It was stated just in that way that I said, very, very professional and kind, right? Immediately, what? Uh, I don't want to put that on my hands. Why do I have to put that on my hands? I don't want to put that on my hands. Sir, we just need you to put the hand, hand sanitizer on your hands before you enter the store. You know, it's due to the pandemic. We completely understand that you might not want to put the hand sanitizer on your hands, but we just want everybody to be safe. Once again, very professional, very kind, very cool, calm, and collected, right? Once again, here goes the customer. What the fuck? I don't want to put that shit on my hands. You know what? Uh, I'm getting the fuck out of here. Fuck this place. And he storms out. He stormed out because they asked the man in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of a pandemic, to put hand sanitizer on your hands. They did not state it in a rude way. They did not state it in a mean way. They did not state it in a way showing superiority. No type of way. But kindness. 
and he still was angry and stormed out. And that was crazy to me, crazy, crazy, crazy to me. Because the thing is, some of these same entitled black people will then go online and state black owned businesses are unprofessional without telling, number one, the entire full story. And number two, they won't acknowledge, oftentimes some of them won't acknowledge their entitled behavior or hold themselves accountable. And that's just real talk. That is just real talk. It, it, it really is. So you see, the thing is, the way many black customers view black owned businesses is all a part of the psychological warfare. It is all a part of the psychological warfare. Many black people do not take other black people seriously. And that's just facts. And due to that, they will be quicker to bash, quicker to judge, and quicker to critique than the same luxury brands that make it very clear that they don't want your black skin touching their clothing. Gucci made it very clear. And I still see black people in Gucci till this day. Many black people operate from a form of subconscious crab in the barrel mindset. Many of, you know, it's, it's just the truth. I said subconscious. I didn't say subconscious crab in the barrel mindset. Many of them, you know, many of us really do not understand or even see ourselves as crabs. They're like, oh, no, I support black owned businesses. I go shop there. I'm not a crab. But subconsciously, they are. I know someone that will come online and act like they support black owned businesses all the time, y'all, all the time. But in the same breath, this person is constantly bashing them for shits and giggles. And it's like, yo, just say you're a crab. Just, just say you're a crab. Just say you're a subconscious crab in the barrel. Just, just say that. Just say you have a hard time seeing your people win or in a position of leadership or in a position of entrepreneurship. Just say that because in my eyes, I think if, if, you know, more members of this community really cared and really cared about black owned businesses, you wouldn't come online and bash them. You wouldn't. And if you really, really, really cared, you would go speak to the manager or the owner of the business directly, especially if you're the professional police, quote unquote. And this is my thing. No one is forcing any black person to shop black. No one. Now, it would be great if more of us do. But you also don't get a cookie for shopping at black owned businesses. You don't get a cookie for that. (laughs) You don't get a cookie. And you also don't get a cookie for bashing them either. And, you know, there are some black people that view black owned businesses and other black people the same way as white people do which is all a part of the psychological warfare as if they are inadequate, less than, or mediocre compared to white-owned businesses. And many black people don't realize that they have been psychologically conditioned to think that white is right and that black is wrong. And I get it. You know, I get it. I get it. Some of, some of, some of you all that are listening to this podcast right now are going to say, well, Key, there are black-owned businesses that are unprofessional, though. There are. I never stated that there weren't. I never stated that. 
what I'm emphasizing on here is the notion of keeping that same energy to all the other racist establishments. All the other racist establishments. And also what I'm emphasizing is if you are so professional, then professionally let the black managers or business owners know your concerns. Why does social media need to know them first? Why? Why? And what's interesting is even when some black people have a business and it's thriving and it's doing well, I have literally, literally seen black people bash other thriving black owned businesses online. I have literally seen this with my own eyes. I've seen this. In the summer, actually, then this was so recently, this past summer, online there was a post about a Black-owned toilet paper line. I don't know the name right now, but um, if anyone is interested in knowing the name, I can retrieve that post and absolutely get it for you all. So just please message me or let me know. And, you know, so there was this post about the Black-owned toilet paper online. And before some of these black people have even purchased the toilet paper, before they have even tried it, in the comments section, all you see is people bashing it already. Oh, that roll is too skinny. What is he doing with those skinny rolls? What is that? It's like, once again, just say you are a subconscious crab and move on. Just say that. Just say you are a subconscious crab and move on. Even when some of us are thriving and doing well, some of us will still try to bash and critique. Some of us will still try to bash and critique. And I've also had people say, state the argument of, well, we need to be twice as better as the white owned establishments. We need to be better than them in all aspects. And I understand that as well. But a lot of people go into these black owned businesses with a critical eye already. A lot of black people go in like, oh, like they're the inspector. They go in like they're the inspector, simply waiting to find a flaw, not giving their own people any grace whatsoever, any grace whatsoever. And as black people, we really need to learn how to give ourselves more grace. That's something we collectively need to do. We can be so hard on ourselves collectively, and we need to learn how to give ourselves grace individually and collectively. We, we really do. And I, and I get it. Yes, we have always had to be twice as good but when you give yourself grace you will learn how to give others grace and that's just real and y'all this is truly another example of psychological warfare It, it really is this is truly another example of psychological warfare i know once again that this has been a really long series but it's long for a reason. It's long for a reason, community. Because psychological warfare is silent, but it's truly deadly. And as I always state, when they control the mind, they control the body. If you go into a Black-owned establishment and you feel like they can be more professional... Contact the owner. Ask to speak to the owner. If you speak to the owner and the owner was unprofessional, leave that establishment and do not support. But you don't need to come online now and bash your own people. 
You don't need to do that. Especially when I know probably eight times out of 10, many of these people that are coming online did not go at all and speak to the manager or the owner of the establishment. And remember, as I stated, some of some of these people are also very, very entitled. Some of these customers are also very entitled. Very entitled. I told you, I worked at a black-owned establishment last year, and I got to see it with my very own eyes. Sometimes black people can be very, very entitled when it comes to other black people. Very entitled. Oh, black-owned businesses should have this. They don't have that. They don't... Very entitled. And if more black people even, you know, knew their history, they would realize the power in black owned businesses. And they would realize, dang, instead of me coming online and, you know, trying to bash black owned businesses or make a mockery out of them, let me really try to find ways to support them and and speak to the manager or the owner, you know, or start my own business that I've been thinking about. This, this is freedom for a lot of us, Black-owned businesses. It really is. It's not only financial freedom, but it's also professional freedom. For, for, I want many members in this community to go watch this documentary called Boss. And I saw this documentary when I went to the hospital last year when I was sick in April. I went to the hospital, and I was in the hospital for about four days. And on the first day that I was there, and I was laying there, and... I said, you know what, let me put on the TV, you know, you know, just to get my mind off of everything. Let me put on the TV and watch some TV. And the, when I turned on the TV, the first thing that I turned on and I started watching at eight o'clock, I would never forget it, was a documentary called Boss. And it was about black business owners and entrepreneurs. And I said to myself, wow, well, I was sent here for a reason. I already felt that intuitively because I'm very spiritual. I knew that I was sent to that hospital to learn a lot more about you know, the direction and the path that I was going in my life and to slow down and to really focus on me. But I was also sent there to realize that I'm on the right wave and the right path. That my journey is moving in the right direction when it comes to entrepreneurship and owning my own business. I laid on that bed in glee watching that documentary and watching how from even after slavery until modern day, how Black-owned businesses have really, really changed the course of so many people, people's lives in our community. How it has been freedom for many of our people. And how it has sparked so many other people in our community to want to start their own businesses as well. We need to uplift each other more. I really want black people, more black people to realize we are at war in this world. I feel like a lot of us don't really want to realize that. Like, do y'all not see what's going on in this coronavirus? How even in the midst of a, a pandemic, they're trying their hardest to make sure that we get this virus the most. They're trying their hardest to make sure that we die the most from this virus. And it's like, oh, they're not. They're, oh, if we can't get them to die from the virus, we're just going to have the police shoot them and put this online so that it psychologically affects them. Do y'all not realize that we are at war? So to be at war 
with your own people. It's ridiculous to me. It's ridiculous to me. It's ridiculous to me. I get it. We're not always all going to like each other. We're not always going to be friends. But black people need to learn how to stay on code more. Straight up. We need to learn how to stay on code more. There's one thing white people do. They do stay on code. They do. Even other races, they stay on code. They stay on code. I'm not here at all to neglect anyone's poor experience at Black-owned businesses at all. I, too, have had poor experiences at Black-owned businesses community. I, too, have had poor experiences. But I've also done the professional thing and reached out to the owner of the establishment I'm not going to come online now and bash my people when the world is already doing that enough. What, what is that? I'm not going to come online and try to make a mockery of my people. What is that? What is that? You know, what is what is that? What is that? I commend any black person for starting their own business. If you're right now listening to this podcast right now, and you are thinking about starting your own business, you're thinking about starting your own project, start it. Start it. And I'm rooting for you. And I know you can do it. We need to support each other more. And start to look at each other as inspiration, man. And and help each other more. Once again, if you've had poor experiences... At black-owned establishments, talk to the owner. Talk to the manager. Talk to the higher-ups, but do not come online and bash your people. And to the business owners. I get that running a business is tough. But if you are a business owner and... You know that you could do a better job when it comes to customer service. Make that your goal and start to work on that. Start to provide adequate customer service. Start to treat, you know, black people as any other customers that you would treat. And that was one thing when I worked at the Black Conscious store that I worked at last year in the summertime. You know, many of the customers would tell me, you know, you, you, you give us such great customer service, but they would say it in a way almost as if, wow, you know, I'm black and you're black and you're giving me such great customer service. Wow. You look at me of value. I, it's, you know what? I literally remember one time a customer said to me, oh, you should have just let me pick this out. You shouldn't have given me any options. That was too kind of you. I said, well, what is that? I'm giving you proper customer service. I'm supposed to do that. You're the customer. I'm supposed to give you the best customer service. And he looked at me in the eyes like, oh, you're right. You're right. What, what can you say to that? No, you're not supposed to give me. Uh, oh, no, you're not supposed to give me the proper customer service. No, no, no. no you're, what? What can you say to that? What can you say to that? 
So treat your black customers, black owned business owners with value and appreciate them and provide them with the same customer service that you would provide to other races. Because I have observed that as well. When I would go to other establishments, that other races do get better treatment sometimes than black people. So treat your people either the same way or better. And that's that's straight up. That's straight up. Customer service is essential. It is. It's essential in running a business. And to me, it's actually one of the best parts about it. Because it feels good. It feels really, really good to be kind to others, man. And to let people know that you appreciate them. Let your customers know that you appreciate them. You appreciate the black people coming in and buying from you. Let them know that. Let them know that they are valued. That is very, very, very important to any black owned business owner that is listening right now or to any entrepreneurs or any aspiring entrepreneurs. If you are catering to black people, provide your customers with proper customer service. They deserve it. Show these people that they are of value. And what's interesting, you know, before I wrap this podcast episode up, my uncle had a vision and this vision is such an amazing vision to me. And, and one and one thing is um, my family members, a lot of people have really sat on their dreams, which is why I'm such a big believer in chasing your dreams, because just the dreams that my family members have shared with me, I'm like, man, why didn't you chase those dreams? Those dreams are amazing. But fear, you know, fear can get the best of us. But anyways, my uncle, he had a vision of opening up his own Black-owned restaurant. He had many, many visions for Black people. He wanted to open up a movie theater. And in the same area that he wanted to open up a movie theater, we actually have a movie theater now in South Bay of Boston. And I'm like, Uncle Nolan, you should have done this already. So he wanted to open up a restaurant. It was going to be a... Uh, you know, a black owned business, of course, I'm not sure what type of food he was going to sell because this is my uncle on my Trinidadian side. So I'm not sure if he envisioned selling Trinidadian food or um, American style food. I'm not sure. But he envisioned having a restaurant where he would have black people, all black, all black staff. And he would also teach them professionalism skills, which is very Virgo, (laughs) very, very Virgo. But um. (laughs) He would want them to come dressed up, you know, professionally, and he would also teach them professionalism skills, you know, and have, you know, and the thing is, his vision was if black people, you know, had black people serve them and be professional and really dressed up in a professional way, it would really change a lot of things. It would change how black people feel about um, not only themselves, but each other. And, and, you know, and he's a very, very classy man. So I get why he had that vision. But it is an amazing vision to me because I can see it. You see the black people sitting, you know, eating their nice meals. And you see a nice um, gentleman or a nice lady come up to you dressed nicely and professionally as the waitress or the waiter to serve you. 
and he he had trained them. My uncle would say we, he would train them on professionalism and professional skills. So they're trained and they know what to do. And imagine that when you're trained in a job on how to be professional, you will take that skill in anywhere you go. And he said that too. Now, let's say they don't want to stay at this restaurant. At least they learned professionalism. And that is essential. And that's something that a lot of us don't learn. Whether you own, not, whether you work not only at black owned businesses, but even other businesses of other races. I stated that early on in this podcast. That I have worked at several races, white owned establishments in the city of Boston. Some of these establishments are so well known in the city of Boston, you all. So well known. People favor them so well. Oh my gosh, when you tell people you work, oh my gosh, Key, you work there. Are you serious? Oh my God. If they only knew the inside scoop, if these people only knew. How unprofessional these establishments were. My gosh. My gosh. And that was for most of my 20s. I, I'm telling y'all, it, it, it made me say, oh, no, 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 no. I need to work for myself. I need to work for myself. And I even had a boss at, at one of my last jobs. A boss told me that. And she, that was, she was a black woman. And she, mind you, I had told my boss that this establishment is racist. When I first started working there, I had told her that. And I, and I knew she just didn't want to believe it. And the woman ended up leaving before me. And when she left, she said, Key, you were right. This establishment is racist. It is. You are absolutely right. And she also told me, you need to work for yourself, Key. You can't work for nobody. So it's like, come on now. Come on. And that was my boss that said that to me. My last boss that I ever had said that to me. Key, you are unconventional. You cannot work for anybody. You need to work for yourself. And that is okay to anybody that is unconventional, anybody that wants to be an entrepreneur, anybody that's a business owner now. It is okay to want to work for yourself, but you got to provide proper customer service, especially to your people. It's very, very, very important. Because they, a, lot of the, a lot of members in this community, they do. They really, really do want to support black-owned businesses. But there are some people that want a cookie for it, straight up. That's why I said that in the beginning of the podcast episode. You don't, you don't get a cookie for supporting black-owned businesses. And you also don't get a cookie for bashing them either. You just don't get a cookie. You don't. It's annoying when you see people come online like, oh, well, sh- shopping black. Ch-. Okay, that's awesome. That's great, but you don't get a cookie. You, you don't get a cookie. So, <laughs> I can't with myself sometimes. <laughs> community. But community, you know, I have to keep it real with this podcast episode. I have to keep it real. I know that this is going to be a controversial one. I know that um, this is a topic that a lot of members in our community, you know, have different opinions on. But... I not only provide you all with my opinion and my insight, but I provide you all with experiences. I worked at a black owned establishment and yeah, you know, you have your ups and you have your downs, but I loved like what, what inspired me the most there is realizing whatever I do in life, it has to be for black people, man. I loved being around those black people. I loved it. I honestly was depressed 
when I left that job just because of the people. The people, y'all, the people. When people would see me in, you know, in, in my neighborhood and they would say, why did you leave? Why, why would you leave? Why did you leave? It made me feel so bad. Even people that I connected with and they had my number. When they would say, Key, you really ruined the rest of the summer. We was really having a good old time. You really ruined the summer leaving the shop. Because people would come in and they would hang out. They would literally come in and hang out. We would grab chairs for them. I would play nice music. We would play Michael sometimes. We would play print. You know, we would just have a nice time. Reggae, African music. We would have a vibe, man. You know, people would sit eat lunch together with you know get on my lunch break we, I would eat lunch with them you know and I'm someone you know I I I know I'm a vibe because I'm sensitive to energy and I like to be around my own energy you know so I know you know I I have a very calming and chill energy and I get it but I had to go I had I had to leave for me you know and I and I really felt bad because Man, I really, truly, truly missed that community. So there's power in Black-owned businesses. There really is power. But we take away the power when we come online and we try to bash them or we try to mock them. And we also take away the power when we don't provide our people with proper customer service. So community, this wraps this podcast episode up. And I really hope that you all enjoyed it. I truly, truly do. And as always, community, please, please, please do not forget to follow the Instagram platform that I created, which is Black Millennial Revolution on Instagram. And there's also a Twitter page that I am going to be on a little bit more because a few of you all told me that you prefer Twitter. So I'm like, all right, maybe I should try to build both platforms. But We'll see. You know, I really want to build the Instagram platform first, but I'm going to see how Twitter is for the rest of this month. And if I really just really don't vibe with Twitter, then I'll stick with Instagram because Twitter can be a little toxic. I'll be I'll be pretty transparent. I find myself like going on this like whole journey of looking at other things I shouldn't be looking at. And I'm like, man, this is a pretty, pretty toxic um, platform because it's just a whole bunch of thoughts, you know, and it could just be a lot of different energies. Um, But I also know that Twitter can be really informative um, at the same time. So just wanted to let you all know that. But community, as always, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode here at the Black Millennial Revolution. And I hope you all have a great one. Bye now.